This is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For 80 years, Churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. Starting now. Thank you, Jay, and greetings, everyone. We read a most interesting statement from Luke 24 and verse 15. And this was before Jesus ascended into heaven. And as the scripture says, so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. Here are two individuals discussing and questioning the resurrection of Christ. They were asking things that were reasonable. They were talking about the open tomb and the things that had happened And again, the interesting wording of conversed and reasoned, using those words show that they were sincerely asking questions, and the questions were reasonable as they were trying to understand things. Such is the opportunity before us today, here on Are You Listening? of the International Gospel Hour. Today we have our Q&A. And from time to time, we will bring forth our studies in a Q&A format. The two questions today were submitted to me some years ago while in local preaching, and I thought they would be of interest to our listening audience. Speaking of questions, and before we begin, do you have a question you would like to hear discussed on the International Gospel Hour? We are always looking for good suggestions and questions, and will gladly consider yours. We will withhold your name from our broadcast as we will only address your question. Here's all you do. Please go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the contact tab, and send us your question. We appreciate all of our listeners, and we thank you for your interest in spiritual things, and we will gladly consider your question. Again, please go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the contact tab, and send us your question. And now, let's begin our Q&A for today. Our first question. If baptism is required in order to be saved, please explain Romans 10, verse 13. Again, our question. If baptism is required in order to be saved, please explain Romans 10, verse 13. Romans 10 and verse 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There are three other texts with the phrase, Call upon the name of the Lord. The first one we find in Joel chapter 2 and verse 32, that says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. We find this prophecy fulfilled in Acts 2 and verse 21 through the preaching of Peter on the day of Pentecost, to where Peter says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Earlier, Peter said, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In Acts 22 and verse 16, we read, where Ananias speaks to Saul and says, Why now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, 
calling on the name of the Lord. Now, from Acts 22 and verse 16, Paul, who is now called Paul, then he was called Saul, of course, Paul is once again telling this story from Acts, the ninth chapter. Dear friends, from looking at these texts and within the context of those texts, simply calling Lord is not enough. Calling on the name of the Lord is different from calling the name of the Lord. If calling the name of the Lord was enough, why ask Peter what to do in Acts 2 and verse 37? When they had heard the preaching of the gospel... The Bible says in Acts 2.37, they were pricked in their hearts, and they said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Well, Peter could have turned right around and said, Call on the name of the Lord. Well, they're going to turn around and ask, But what must we do? And in turn, the comment will be made, Call on the name of the Lord. What was the answer that Peter gave in this context? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The answer of calling on the name of the Lord was to repent and be baptized. And that was the very thing that Saul himself did in Acts 22 and verse 16. You know, you think about it, did not Paul, when he was Saul, Call the Lord's name in Acts 22 and verse 10 when he relayed his account from Acts 9 and verse 6. He did call the Lord's name. Matter of fact, he said, Lord, what would thou have me to do? It was told to him what to do. Once again, friends, there is a difference in calling on the name of the Lord than calling the name of the Lord. Please note Ananias' account in Paul's conversion. Look at his part that he played. In Acts 9, verses 10 through 14, we learn that Paul was praying at that time. No question, that would be enough according to some individuals. Paul was praying. But Ananias was sent by the Lord because Paul was going to be told what to do. Acts 9 and verse 6. I want you to note the key of that discussion in Acts 9 and verse 14 to where Ananias is reasoning with the Lord and says, And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Ananias was one who was, with his life, calling on the name of the Lord. And look who Paul was binding or arresting. In Acts 9 and verse 1, all that call on the name of the Lord. That also embraced the disciples. You see, those that call on the name of the Lord are those who have obeyed the gospel of Jesus Christ and who are added to the church, of which Paul made havoc of the church in Acts 1 and verse 2, and the church comprised of the saved, according to Acts 2 and verse 47. Here is the clear answer, dear friends. Paul called on the name of the Lord by obeying what was commanded. And from Acts 22 and verse 16, we learn that when one is baptized for sins to be washed away, they are calling on the name of the Lord. And they were calling on the name of the Lord on the day of Pentecost, when in Acts 2 and verse 38, they answered the command of Peter to repent and be baptized, every one of you, 
And we find in verse 41 that they that gladly received his word were baptized. When they were baptized, dear friends, they were calling on the name of the Lord. Let's consider two other texts concerning calling the name of the Lord. In Matthew 7:21, this verse embraces completely what true obedience is. Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Even Jesus himself said, It's not enough to say, Lord, Lord, but it is to do the will of my Father. And in Luke 6:46, Jesus said, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Very good question. We trust a proper biblical answer. Let me pause here and say, you know, kind listeners, has this question prompted other questions in your mind, urging you for more Bible study? Please know that the International Gospel Hour offers absolutely free a Bible correspondence course by mail, so you may study in the privacy of your own home. All you have to do is call us toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. That's all you need to do. Again, you can call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988, and please leave your name, address, and just say, I want the home study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type in, Please send the home study, and we'll send it as soon as possible. And now, our second question is an Old Testament research question, pretty good for Bible knowledge. 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 27 states, Therefore shall the leprosy of Naaman shall cling to you and to your descendants forever. From this verse, can we surmise that people today with leprosy are direct descendants of Gehazi? Gehazi was the one, the servant, to whom the leprosy of Naaman would then cling to him, that he would carry forth leprosy. The answer to this question is, no, we cannot. Dear friends, it would be difficult to trace back the roots due mainly to the destruction of Jerusalem in A.D. 70. We do not know who is in the bloodline of Gehazi. Dr. Alan Gillen made this statement. In the Old Testament, the instances of leprosy most likely meant a variety of infectious skin diseases and even mold and mildew on clothing and walls. So, with that in mind, with a variance of leprosy, as we note in Leviticus 13, and such is the case with Naaman and Gehazi, It appears Gehazi's sin would bring forth the leprosy of Naaman, which was much smaller than Gehazi, which he was called white as snow. That would have Gehazi sent away, as we note in Leviticus 13, 46, all the days he has the sores, he shall be unclean. He is unclean, and he shall dwell alone, and his dwelling shall be outside the camp. Well, obviously, if Gehazi dwells alone, there can be no descendants. So to this question, a good biblical research question, we would answer no in light of scriptures. Dear friends, we hope this Q&A session has been of interest to you, and we want to continue to study together with you with these matters. Please feel free to send us your questions for consideration in a future broadcast of Are You Listening? 
brought to you by the International Gospel Hour. We're thankful to take time on occasion to look at these Q&As and to help us grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Dear friends, I really appreciate you joining me here today on the International Gospel Hour, our program, Are You Listening? It's always a joy to be with you. My name is Jeff Archie, and until next time, friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh,